Gospel, the Gospel of John, chapter number 13. The Gospel of John, chapter number 13, and I'm going to begin reading in verse number 1. And I believe we're going to go all the way down to verse number 9. Uh, when you're there, you can say amen. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, he rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel, and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? And Jesus answered and said to him, what I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash your feet, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for the moment that we have, Lord God, to hear what the Spirit wants to say to the church. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus that your Spirit will speak to every heart, that God, that you would prepare us, Lord, that God, that you would pour into us, Lord God, something that will forever change the way that we see how we interact with other people, our calling, our responsibility. Father, what an amazing, amazing thing that you have done for us, that you allow us to be co-laborers with you in advancing your kingdom. Father, we are so determined to do it amid all of the resistance, amid all of the, the doubters and the unbelievers, amid all of the the trials that we have to face, Lord, we are committed to seeing that your gospel is spread throughout this entire earth. So, Father, will you help us to do it well? Will you teach us, Holy Spirit, this morning? We need to be taught. We want to be taught this morning what it really means to reach, what it really means to make a difference. Will you please, Holy Spirit, you are our great teacher. I'm not a teacher. You're the teacher. I'm just your vessel. Use me for your glory. And, Father, that we might be more conformed to your image, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated in the Lord's presence this morning. Well, we took a week off last week. We had Mother's Day. And for those uh, who were here, uh, uh, my wife did a fantastic job. Amen. Give her a hand clap of praise. And as she ministered. Uh, uh, such, uh, I was so proud of her. Uh, she spoke uh, to the moms out there. And I thought she had a very, very encouraging word. And so if you weren't here last week and you missed the message last week, you need to YouTube, Facebook, uh, go to our website. You need to, to listen to it, and I think it will bless your heart. And so we want to refocus today on our series we had began uh, a couple of weeks ago entitled Gone Fishing. And week one, just by way of recap, we talked about evangelism priority. We talked about the fact that everything 
uh, the, the thing that was most important to Jesus, and it still is today, and that is the issue of evangelism. Jesus said that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus is no longer here in the earth. He has left us with that responsibility, and we are to carry out that responsibility with vigor. It's the most important thing to God. And so week two, we talked about relational evangelism. We talked about how that the relationships that we have that and actually the stats bear it out that relational evangelism is the most effective way of evangelizing people that already know you. We talked about how that because you are known of other people, you have credibility. You can speak into their lives. And so we talked about the fact of just being alert and listening to the Holy Spirit and relating using those relationships uh, as a springboard to present the gospel of Jesus Christ. So today we want to continue with this idea of evangelism. We want to talk about servant evangelism, um, servant evangelism, evangelism. Um, when I first began this year, and we talked and we prepared for this year, as you see uh, below me, we have this sign, serve. And, and what we had said was that we believe that God had given us a vision for 2016. And I believe God has spoke very clearly to me that the way that our ministry was going to advance in 2016 was that we serve. Now, when we talk about serving, I'm not just talking about the service that we do one to another. Obviously, that is very important. How do we know that charity starts at home? We have to learn how to first treat each other before we can really have an effect on the outside. Y'all hearing that this morning. And so, and so. Really, serve, serve is really about evangelism. That's what this whole thing is all about. And there are many, many different ways and strategies when it comes down to evangelism. And so we're going to talk about this thing of servant evangelism. Now, here's what I know, that there's a lot of people that have uh, a great difficulty in, and we said this a couple of weeks ago, in opening up their mouths and sharing their faith with other people for whatever reason. We kind of highlighted some of the reasons. But how many know that it's much, much easier for a lot of folks to just do a good service in the name of Jesus, to hand them a Coke and to bless them? And how many know that if you're doing it with the right heart and the right motive, it is a form of evangelism? Now, I want you to understand something, and you'll hear me talk a little bit. You'll hear me refer to Mayfest often. But really, what I'm talking about is way beyond Mayfest. I want you to look at servant evangelism as an opportunity to be able to help people see how much that God loves them. And so when we talk about serving evangelism, we're really talking about uh, interacting and engaging other people through good works. How many know that God has ordained us to do good works? And so when we talk about serving evangelism, let me give you a definition so, we, so that you can understand it. Serving evangelism is sharing God's love by simply serving others in practical ways without asking for or expecting anything in return. Let me say that again. Serving evangelism, all right, serving evangelism is sharing God's love by simply serving others in practical ways. And really now, I want you to understand something. So Mayfest, and I want you to get this into your spirit because I don't know if everybody understands this. Mayfest is a form of servant evangelism. Do you get that? Come on, say amen to me. If you hear that, come on, say amen. You got to help me. Mayfest is about evangelism. It is servant evangelism. We'll expound on that today. We are not just simply doing this just as an act of futility. We're doing this because we want people to see the love of God shining through us, through our good service and our good work. 
And so when I think of Mayfest, here's what, here's what I want you to, here's what, I, here's what I want to capture. I want that when the people come out here next week, I want them to say, get this, I want them to say, wow, woo, I can't believe that you did this. Why, why, would, you, why would you do that for a people that you don't even know? How would, why would you spend so much time and money and, and energy to offer this to the community for free? Why would you go out of your way? Why are these people so nice? Why are these people so kind? Why are they so loving? How do you know that Jesus was very kind? Kind is, kind, how do you know that kindness is a spiritual gift? It's a spiritual gift. And so we want to woo them. We want them to understand. We want them to know that, that, that hey, we love you. How I many know that when you present the gospel, you present the gospel without charge? Amen. You don't charge people to hear the good news of the gospel. How I many know that everything we're doing, it is for the sake of the gospel? Billy Graham, everybody knows Billy Graham, right? Billy Graham had tons of, uh, you know, events all over the world, and he, was, you know, he had a, a great effect. But how I many know that when he went out preaching the gospel, he didn't charge people to come to his events? Because it was evangelistic in nature. He's trying to present the gospel to them. He wanted people to know who Jesus was. How many know that we want people to know who Jesus is through our good works? And sometimes, sometimes the best way you can share Jesus is by just simply walking it out. Because how many know in nowadays, in this generation, people give more credibility to what you do than what you say? So there's a lot of people that always want, come on church, there's sometimes we want, to, we, want to, we want to get the gospel to them and maybe we want to pound them, pound them, pound them, pound them, pound them, but we don't show the love of Christ. So what serving evangelism does is it gives you an opportunity to show them that you really, really care. Serving evangelism is a way to soften the hearts so that then you're in position to present the gospel. People will much rather, let me know that people are more likely to hear what you say if they like you, to some extent. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so when we talk about this, this issue of serving evangelism, listen, it is really about, of course, our inspiration and the motivation we, of why we do what we do is because we love people. Authentically, everybody say authentically. Authentically love people. And how many know that if the gospel is not presented with love, it won't work? Y'all hear what I'm saying? If the gospel is not presented in a way, how many know people know? Let me say this because I don't want you to misunderstand this. Okay, I got work to do this morning. Okay. So I want you to understand that. That people are not interested in just give, making us have a, want us to have a big church. They're not coming and saying, man, I want to make sure the foundation church gets filled, that the parking lot. They don't care about that. I'm talking about the unbeliever. What they want to know is, do you really care about them? You know, when Jesus came, Jesus' Bible says he went around doing good. Am I right about it? So as he preached, he also blessed. And he blessed with no strings attached. He didn't say, well, if you don't do what I tell you to do, I ain't going to bless you. He just went, just, just went healing people. He went blessing people. He fed 5,000 people at one time. How do you know? I bet there was a whole lot of people out there that had the wrong motives. Come on, church. Y'all wouldn't say amen. 
There's a whole lot of people out there that won't think and write, that won't spiritual, but he still blessed them. Why? Because we sung it this morning, God is good. And his children ought to be good too. And so when we say, when we think about servant evangelism, what we're simply saying is that we're doing what we're doing in such a way that people say, I want to know who is this God that you're serving? Who is this God? Because I see you doing some stuff. I do not quite understand. Why are you doing? Why are you going out of your way? What, what kind of people are you? Jesus said men would know that we're his disciples by the love that we have one toward another. Watch this. And that the love we have toward them. But how I many you know love starts on the inside? And some of us are challenged with just loving each other. And hear me. Hear me. The, the, the growth of our church will be determined on how well we love one another first. Oh, y'all don't want to hear that, do you? You don't want to hear that. Because here's the, because how many know that God is not into stroking egos? God is, God is not into, I mean, I mean, no, this has to be real. We can't fake it to make it. We can't try to act like we care if you don't care. If you don't, you need to get on your knees. You need to fast and pray and say, God, give me a heart for the loss. Give me a heart. Give me a passion, God, because, God, right now I don't feel it. It cannot be faked. The anointing can't be faked. Are y'all hearing me this morning? All right. So when we talk about serving evangelism, we're saying we love people. We love you. We really care about you. And we will go out of our way to help you and to bless you. Why? Because we're connected with God. I mean, no, that people ought to be able to see. If you walk with God the way you should, people will know it. Am I right about it? When you're really walking with God, people will know that you're walking with God. You won't have to say nothing. They'll know, they'll see your life, and they'll be like, mm, I, I want to, all of a sudden, they're just following you around. They just want to cling to you. You ever met people who are walking in the spirit, you just want to cling to them? Because it's something about their spirit. It's something about their attitude. It's something about the way they do stuff. But it's just, it's just amazing. It's, it's like, it's, I want that. My uncle, when I first came into the kingdom, not my uncle, I call him my uncle. He's really my cousin. And, and I just saw his life. He didn't, he didn't push me to go to church. He wasn't pushy. He just said, he just, he just loved God. And I saw him and I said, I want that. I want that. Whatever that is you got, I want it. I want people to say next week, gosh, whatever that is y'all folk got over there, I want it. What time is your service tomorrow? What time do you meet? Where do you meet? I want to come. So how many know that Jesus made serving a priority? How many know that serving was Jesus' thing? Serving wasn't just something that Jesus just kind of, he just kind of brushed over. Everything about Jesus was about serving, giving, sacrificing. I'm going to give you a couple of verses to kind of help you. Well, let's, let's take, take John 13. Now, I want you to look at this John 13 for a moment. I want to paraphrase here. 
So we, we see here that Jesus knew this is a profound verse because in John chapter 13, the Bible says that Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, get this, it's like Jesus knew, he knew that he had spent three years investing, pouring out his life and, and teaching and training and equipping. And Jesus knew that the moment was here where he was about to now offer up himself for the world. So he knew it. So at that profound moment, he realized that he wanted to leave them a big impression. The minute he thought that, he thought, he's, he's, he's reflecting. And the Bible says in John chapter 13, that Jesus go, he gets a towel, and he girds himself. And he began to wash the disciples' feet. You, you understand that culturally, that wasn't right. I mean, listen, Jesus is the CEO. He's in charge. He owns everything. He's the son of God. What are Peter, I mean, Peter thought like a, a normal, natural person would think, a, a worldly person would think. Peter said, when Jesus went to wash his feet and then Jesus came time to wash his feet, Peter said, oh, no, 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 no. You, 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 you are the king. You don't wash my feet. You're the CEO. You're Jesus. You're the son of God. You, you, you don't wash my feet, Jesus. And Jesus said to Peter, he said, Peter, he says, Peter, if, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part with me. Because in Peter's mind, Peter, Peter thought like most people of the world think today, that, 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 that leadership and position is really about lording it over people, uh, asserting your own self. And when Jesus was simply saying, Jesus said this, he said, watch this, I'm the CEO, I'm the one in charge, now watch how I treat you. And he got down on his feet. The king, look, y'all not getting this. The king of glory, the El Shaddai. The one who created the heavens and the earth, the Bible says. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. That same God, the God man, Jesus, got down on his feet and washed his disciples' feet. I mean, that was humility blasting. And think about it. And the one thing that Jesus wanted to leave them with was serving. Because Jesus knew that he was going to empower them. Jesus knew that he was going to anoint them. Jesus knew in order to do the work that they had to do, they, he knew that they would cast out demons. He knew that some great things were going to happen, but he also knew that if he didn't teach them how to handle power, they would have the wrong perspective and they'll get it all wrong because then they'll start thinking, man, look at what I did. Look what I did, man. I just healed the sick. I read, Boy, I'm a bad man. I'm anointed. What about you? Follow me. Jesus knew. And so he says, look, you got power for serving and helping other people. How many know the way to go up in the kingdom is to go down? Y'all see with me? See, the way to go up in the kingdom is, 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 is that we got to go down. The, see, the higher you go up, the more you serve. And what, or the higher you go up, the more you give up. 
So when people say in the kingdom, this is amazing, this is, this is an amazing thing because we live in a society that want titles. You know why people need titles? Because they need affirmation. Right? But when you really are anointed and you, you, you're walking in your gift, listen, the Bible says your gift will make room for you. I can go anywhere. It don't matter where I go. Leadership comes with me because that's what I walk in. I'm not looking for a title because I've been anointed to. I'm, I'm flowing in my gifting. Are you hear what I'm saying? I'm not looking for title. I'm looking to serve. Are y'all getting this? So if the whole thing, Jesus, had to, he, 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 had to, he had to let him know. This whole thing, everything, I want, everything that you're doing, I want you to understand. I'm giving you an example. As I'm washing your feet, you need to do the same thing toward one another. In fact, you need to have an attitude that anything that I do, that everything you do ministry-related-wise, it is about giving up of yourself to help other people. As I said before, let me know God is not into stroking egos. God is not going to just bless you so you can feel better about yourself. How many know that, 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 you know, it's not about that. It is about, listen, it is about how much, when people tell me they want to go up in the kingdom, how many of you want to be elevated in the kingdom? Raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand if you want to be elevated in the kingdom. If you want to go far, raise your hand. Look, this is the way you do it. It's about the more, the higher you want to go, the more you're going to serve. How many know I know a lot of people, come on church, I'm, I'm preaching real good this morning. I, I know a lot of people who want, listen to me, they, they, you know, and they've come in, oh, I want that as a position. They want, you know, God has anointed me, brother, can't you see my gift? No, I ain't seen it yet. Won't you serve? show me? Show me what you got. Let me see. Don't just come in and ask me to do something. Let's see what you got. Do it. You say you can teach, teach. You say you can sing, sing. You say you can serve, serve. Do it. Don't come telling me, oh, no, it don't work that way. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? The way up in the kingdom is to get down because God has equipped you to help and to serve other people. In some ways, you become, watch this, and some of you can't handle this, but you become like a doormat in some ways. You got to be willing to take a hit for Jesus. How many know he took a lot? He took the hit for you. Am I, am I right about it? Am I right about it? Now watch. So the Bible says, now look at this. Let's, let's look at a couple of verses. How many know that Jesus took on the form of a servant? Look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 and 9. Watch. He's going to build on this. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 and 9. Now watch. How many know this is, oh gosh, help me, Holy Spirit. You see, this is amazing because we've gotten so used to all the religious cliches. You know, we, we say these really, really cute little things, and we sing words sometimes. You know, I think sometimes we sing, and we don't even know what we're singing. We're not even giving it. You, you hear what I'm saying? We just, we just mouth the words. You know, you know Jesus, I want to be like you. Do you know what it really means to be like Jesus? Lord, I, I want to be at your right hand. I want to be at your left. Boy can, you, boy, can you really drink the cup that I'm about to do? Do you understand what you're asking me? 
Do you know, do you know disciples, you know, the sons of Zebedee, they're arguing over each other. Who's going to have power? Who's going to have right? Who's going to have left? Jesus, you don't have a clue what this is all about. Watch. He says, now, let this mind be in you. Now, watch this. The mind thing, watch, it's, it's, it's about attitude. Everybody say attitude. So what, 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 what Paul is saying is that the same way that Jesus engaged, the same way that he treated people, the same way that Jesus thought, he said the same mind, he said, let it be in you. Well, that begs the question, what kind of mind was in Jesus? How did Jesus think? How many know when Jesus served, Jesus just didn't do that? That wasn't an act. Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all got to stay with him. How many know that when Jesus came, he, that was, he didn't perform an act. That wasn't something that he just kind of did. How many know that it was a part of him? It's who he is. When God says, be good, he said, be good. He said, when you're good, you're like your father in heaven. In other words, it's not an act. It's who he was. It's who he is. How many know it should be who we are? Now watch. He said, now let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, because he was God in flesh. But watch this, church. But made himself of no reputation. All right. Y'all stay with me and say amen. Jesus did not walk around trying, get this, trying to make himself a reputation. His mindset was, man, I want to make it right. In fact, when people start, when people are trying to like take control of him and try to push him to be king, a lot of times he had to pull, he had to reel him back in. So hold up. He said, no, 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 you, you, you don't get it. You don't understand why I'm here. You, you, you got to pull back. How many know that Jesus wasn't about, the God man, Jesus, was about doing and fulfilling the will of his father? The God, the father. God, the man, the man, Jesus was consumed, was doing the will of his father. Jesus wasn't, he said, I didn't come to do my own will. I'm going to let that sink in for some because some of you are still processing it. He said, I did not come to do my own will, but I came to do the will of him who sent me. I'm about what he's about. And what is he about? Are you hearing this? What is he about now, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Verse 7, but he made himself a new reputation. He took on the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Watch this now. Therefore, also, God has highly, everybody say highly, Highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. Now, I want you to understand you something. He said, now, first, let this mind be in you. In other words, you need, to, you need to have the same mind that he had. What kind of mind that he had? Although Jesus was God in flesh, how many know that Jesus could have did a lot of things? I mean, he could have just spoke words and he could have destroyed it. I mean, he could have wiped out a whole bunch of people if he wanted to. He's all power. He could do anything he wanted to do. But even though he was God in flesh, he didn't use that to his advantage to try to lord it over people. Are y'all hearing this? Say amen. He was God in flesh, but, but he wasn't thinking, man, I just want to lord. I just want to lord it over these people so these people know who I am. I just need to assert myself. No, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. He humbled. Everybody say humbled. He humbled himself and he served to death. Do you hear that? 
So everything about Jesus, watch. Well, everything about Jesus was serving to give up his life, to die, to sacrifice. He wasn't trying to promote. Now, now how many of you know the Bible says now God has highly exalted him. You know why God highly exalted Jesus? If you can catch this, get it. You might, you know, do you know why God highly exalted Jesus? You know why he exalted him? Because Jesus wasn't seeking it. Y'all, some of you still sitting there. Jesus, get this. See, y'all should have clapped right there. That was a good word. Listen, Jesus was highly exalted by God because Jesus didn't seek exaltation. He never sought it. He sought to serve. He sought to help people. You, you follow what I'm saying? He came to die. This was his mindset. This was a part of him. Everything about what he did was, I just want to serve. He wasn't trying to be exalted. It, it says that, where it says, therefore, verse number nine, therefore it happened because something happened before. Are you hearing me? And before, Jesus had a humble, has a humble mindset and he served to die. Wherefore, God now has highly exalted him and given him a name. Why? Because he was humble and he came to serve and to die and to give his life. And I believe, get this church, I believe, look, watch, watch, if you can hear it, there's a lot of people who are not getting promoted in the kingdom because they're seeking it. For all the wrong reasons. Because you need this. You are called to preach. What? Well, let me ask you a question. Is this the only place you're called to preach from? I'm called to preach, but you won't preach out there, but you say God called you to preach, and you only want to do it here. Help me with that. People are people, whether they're sitting in front of you here or whether they're out there in the grocery store. People are people. If you got their ear, preach. Now watch. Jesus was exalted because he wasn't seeking it. Jesus was only, what was Jesus seeking? He was seeking to serve. What can I do to make your life better? What can I do to help you? God is not interested in giving us a big church so that Pastor Gary can go back and sit around a whole bunch of other pastors and say, how many numbers you got? This is what, this, this is what pastors do. You, no, I'm just telling, can I bring you in? Do you want to come in? We sit down and we ask each other, how many members you got? Like, you ain't got no members, bro. <laughs> Sister, you ain't got no members. It's not about that. And, and, and we feel good because of my church is growing. It ain't about that. But it's, it's how many lives are you impacting? How many people are being helped because of what you're doing? What quality of disciples are coming up out of your ministry? Are you hearing me? All the right reasons. See, this is what serving, this is what servanthood means. Servanthood means is I'm serving with no strings attached. I just love you. I just want what's best for you. I'm willing to give everything so that I can make your life better. And let me tell you something, let me tell you something church. When we adopt that kind of attitude, God, God will exalt us. You know why? Because we're, because we're, we're in it for all the right reasons. And our heart is right. And how many know God knows our heart? In uh, Matthew chapter 20, verse 25 and 28, look at this. Our call to serve. Our call to serve. Look at this. He says, but Jesus called them to himself. Look at this, church. And he said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles, they lord it over them. 
and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it should not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Let me tell you, you want to know somebody that's really real? When they start saying that God has called them to do something, watch their life and see how they serve. See what they do to back that up. Jesus wasn't knocking greatness. I don't know about you, but I want to be great for God. I don't want to be great for man. Listen, listen, I'm past that stage. You know, I was sitting in, there, I was sitting in that room this morning. I was meditating. Man, my heart was heavy. I mean, I got some things that I'm just believing God for, and I'm just disturbed in my spirit sometimes because I want to see it happen so bad. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But it's not about me. He says, if you want to be great in the kingdom, serve your butt off. If you want to be first, get involved. Serve. Serve. But it's hard to do that if you're all about, I mean, I know we got to care for one another. We got to care for ourselves. I get it. You got to be healthy in order to help. But I get all that. But I believe that we live in a generation that got an overdose of self. We are too consumed with self in our generation. We don't understand sacrifice. And Christians, we, we ought to model that. We don't even understand it. We come to church and all we're thinking about is how I can get mine. When everything about the kingdom of God is about giving to other people and giving of yourself and pouring. Everything about the kingdom is, that's how it works. But the devil has hoodwinked us and tricked us into thinking that this thing is just all about you to make you feel better for God to meet your need and God do all these wonderful things. And listen, and God will bless. But how many know that God will bless more if our heart is in the right place and we're doing it for the right reasons? Get off of yourself. Stop looking in the mirror so much. I'll tell you, you're cute. Don't look in the mirror for the next couple of weeks. Stop. Stop. We're, we live in a generation that is self-consumed. And how many know it ought not be that way when it comes to the people of God? Are y'all hearing me this morning, church? It, it, it can't be that way. You will never be happy being consumed with yourself. Trust me, you will not be happy, particularly as a Christian. You'll be more miserable. The best way to get happy is to pour yourself into somebody else. That's the way the kingdom works. That's what Jesus did. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. The same way he did it, we're to do the same thing. Are y'all hearing that this morning? So he wasn't knocking greatness. He was just knocking the way in which how you get there. You don't get there. I mean, so, so Mayfest, for example, is about, it's, it's coming out of your convenient places. See, let me, let me, let me, tell, you, let me tell you why serving evangelism doesn't work. It works because, number one, it directs us away from selfishness. Because how many of you know that all of us have a selfish gene? Because you're human. You, you, we talked about that at the men's meeting yesterday. We talked about how the sin has affected all of us. And, and one of the problems with sin is we, can, we become consumed with self. And the more you're consumed with self, when you get an overdose of yourself, you, you, you're not going to get the overdose of God that you need in order to do the work of God. You're not going to get it until you come up out of yourself. 
and then look and pour your life into other people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, another reason why certain evangelism work is because it gives the Holy Spirit an open door to convict men in their salvation. It allows shy people to launch out into effective ministry. How many know the next week, maybe, you, maybe you're one of those that say, I don't like to talk to people, but, but do me a favor. Just be so filled with the Holy Spirit that people see the Jesus in you. When they come up to your table, will you please smile? Will you please, will you please let them know that you are content and you're at rest in your souls? Give them something to say, wow, what can I, what are, are you a freak? Of, what are you? You are too good. You're, you're too nice. You're too, what, what, what? I mean, an open door right there. See, it allows, certain evangelism allows us to, to easily, it, it easily pick up, it can be easily picked up by new Christians. We talk about serving evangelism. Everybody can do it. Everybody can serve. It's friendly. It's non-pushy. It's non-aggressive. It's giving-centered rather than asking-centered. Are you hearing me? See, so, 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 for, so for those who are confused on the matter, let me, let me help you. See, the reason why we don't, we don't, it's always been my intent never ever to charge for Mayfest because Mayfest to me has always been about evangelism. And so it's hard sometimes to try to preach evangelism if it's all about what can I get from you? Because how many know that's a barrier for a lot of folk? Are y'all hearing me this morning? That's a barrier for a lot of folk. A lot of folk, they think, a lot of, man, you know, the church, you just want money. It's all about money. And some of you, I, I know I'm telling the truth because some of you came to this church. And you, that was one of the first things you said to me. That church was all about money. Because it's, and how many know the church ain't all about money, but that's what the devil wants people to think. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The church ain't all about money. The church, I believe that the church things should be funded by the church. I believe the gospel should be given for free. You are freely given. You are freely received and freely what? Give. I don't think you ought to be charging for the gospel. I want to bless them because I believe that Jesus is in the mix. And I want to remove every stigma because I want people to know and see that Jesus in me. Is anybody hearing that this morning? So, gosh. I mean, not everybody's always happy about what you're doing. Uh, you know, there's always going to be some complainers. There's always going to be some folks that are always going to question. There's always going to be somebody that's going to try to get you revved up. There's always going to be somebody going to say the wrong thing that's going to get on your nerves. Am I right about it? The devil knows how to push your button. Boy, the devil knows you. The devil knows some of you better than you think you know yourself. Unfortunately. Now watch. Like, for example, Luke 6.35. Watch this. But love your enemies, do good, and lend, get this, hoping for nothing in return. Did y'all see that? Let me do read it again. But love your enemies, do good, and lend, hoping for nothing in return. See, this is, this is, this is the spirit of Mayfest. This is, this is what it's all about. It's about evangelism, serving evangelism. And watch it. He said, and your reward will be great, and you will be the sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and the evil. Y'all got that? He's unthankful. To, he, listen, he's good to all of them. 
Let me tell you why it's important. When, when the Bible says, when he says, love your enemies and do good to them, you know what he's saying? Serve them. Do, what does do good mean? How do you do good to them? You serve them. You bless them. So how many got some enemies out there? How many got some enemies you know about? The only, maybe, did you ever think, here's why it's so important to forgive your enemies and to bless them. Because you might be the one that God used to bring them into the kingdom. So while you walking around upset and mad and holding on to your unforgiveness, you might be the key to release them. But you can't release if you're walking in that spirit of bitterness and unforgiveness. So you can't do good to them because you're hung up. You're mad at them. But Jesus says, love your enemies. Do good. Bless them. And then don't even expect nothing in return, even if they don't respond to you. Well, pastor, I did that. It didn't work. Keep on doing it. Who told you to put a timeline on it? Who are you? You keep doing it because it's where you live. It's who you are. You do it no, no matter how they treat you because you're motivated by a whole different mindset. Are, are y'all hearing me this morning? So we want to serve people because serving people opens the door. You want to do good to people because it opens the door. We want to do good to people next week because it opens the door. We want to bless people next week because it opens the door. We want to bless people because it softens their hearts. It presents an opportunity. All we're asking all of, here's my prayer to God. God, just give us an opportunity. And then my next prayer is, God, don't let us mess it up. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Don't let us mess it up. Don't let somebody get up there and be off the chain. Please. Walk with Jesus. If you don't want to talk and open your mouth, that's fine. But love like him. Act like him. Be like him, serve like him, and send the message. Be nice to people who are angry. Do not come and tell me how mad. Listen, figure it out on your own. Love, love the conflict out of them. Love them. Bless them. I don't care. I just want Jesus to be glorified. Are you hearing me? I'm not into all the little answer stuff. I told you, if they want a hot dog, give them a hot dog. If they want three, give them four. I don't care. Okay. I got to be nice. Okay. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Because it's not about the hot dog. The whole Mayfest event is a tool. Do y'all get it? And the devil want to get us, the devil want to get us mad about, some, about a hot dog and a bottle of water. Because the devil would love that. And you already know that they're unbelievers anyway coming to the church. So we want to kill them with kindness. I mean, kill them with kindness. I mean, nail them with kindness. I mean, you come in here, Saturday boy, with the biggest smile. You get a lot of rest. You be rested up full of the Holy Ghost. You walk in here, that boy, I'm just ready. And when they come, listen, they can't help but smile back at you because they're going to be looking at all your teeth and you're going to look funny and they're going to laugh back. Why are you smiling? Why are you happy? What's wrong? What is it about you? But here's, here's the thing, church, and I'm serious. Here's the thing. I don't want us to fake it. You know, I mean, you know, that people can tell when you're real and when you ain't. Right? 
People know if all you want to do is just get somebody to come to your church, whether you, you care about, they, they know the difference. Do me a favor. Pray and ask God, Lord, will you please give me a heart for these people? When you see all those people out there next week, what it is, 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 is that they're, they're souls. They're souls of men and women that if they don't know God, they're going to a Christless eternity. This is real. This is real. So your smile, your being prepared, you're coming with the right attitude. You're not coming with an attitude or I'm just going to do my thing. No, nobody's here to do your thing. We're going to all do this together. We're one. Come on, church. We must be one. Come to the meeting next Thursday. Why? Because we must be one. And by the way, I would hate for somebody else to send folk from their church and our own people are not here. I mean, don't embarrass your pastor like that, please. Because I can't explain that away. It'll be quite embarrassing. Some of you, I know you can't be here, but be here. Why? Because we want to set the tone for what kind of event we want to have. We want it to be an event that's going to bless people and open a door to salvation. So this is why we serve. And in closing, Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says, whatever you do, everybody say whatever you do. Whatever you do, do heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. There you go right there. Isn't that wonderful? He said, whatever you do, do it to Jesus. Every time, look, then every time and, 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 and yeah, I'm not just talking about Mayfest. I want, you, I, want this to, I want this to go way past Mayfest. I want you to look at serving evangelism as an opportunity wherever you go. Start in your neighborhood. Start at school. Just start blessing people. You don't know what to say to them. If you want to preach the gospel to them, here's how you start. Go be a blessing to them somehow. Open the door. Do something for them. Serve them. That'll give you an opportunity. That'll, give, that'll open the door. It says in Galatians 6.10, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. And look at this. This is the last verse I'll read. I love this verse. Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? How do you know that serving evangelism is really an opportunity to display the goodness of God. A lot of people will get right with God because they see that you got right with God. Are you hearing me? They will see you right with God, so they want to get right with God because they're looking, and, and, and you know, it's, God, it's God's goodness. How I many of you will say, I got saved because I realized that God is good? He said, I realized God, so it was God, I don't know about you, but it was his goodness that, that, that drawed me. I mean, because if I listened to men, man, I felt condemned. I felt bad. But somehow when I read the scriptures, when the revelation of God's grace came to me and I realized how good he was, I said, oh, God, oh, God. And I came running. It was his goodness that, laid, that led me to repentance. How many know that the church got to be good? We got to be good. You got to serve good. Because What's at stake? The souls of men. You might not be able, you, you may not be able to, you know, you maybe you may not have an opportunity to, to talk in detail with somebody about Christ. But boy, you sure can love one. You 
sure can leave an impression on them and say, I, I need to know who that person was. Oh, that, they, they were so, they, wow, wow, wow. That's what, that's what this whole event is all about. That's your Mayfest. It's an opportunity that God has given to us. And God has given us a lot of favor. Everybody say favor. He's given us a whole lot of favor in this community. And we understand that serving evangelism in and of itself is incomplete. It's an incomplete form of evangelism until the message is preached. Somehow they got to hear the message. But what Mayfest is about is, is preparing them to get the message. And I believe that, I mean, you believe that there's going to be some folks that's going to get it that day. We have a prayer booth. Sister Tara, raise your hand. Sister Tara Berry going to be at the prayer booth. And you know, she's, a, she's strong. She's strong. She's strong. She's strong. She can preach. She can share the gospel. And she have a good heart. She's going to be there representing us. We're going to have a prayer booth so the people out there will be able to see who need help, that we can bring them. If you're talking to somebody, maybe you don't have time to talk, but look, let me, let me take you over here and, and get you some, get some information and, and, and let us pray with you. We got somebody over here that'll help you. How many know there's a lighthouse right here? It's a lighthouse. That's what it's all about. Don't, don't, don't get it twisted. I know it's a lot of work. I know it's a sacrifice. I know, it's, I know it gets you tired, but this is what we do. It's what we do. And I'm excited. I'm excited because I see the possibility of what God will do in the people that are pressed in. I need all of you. The Holy Spirit needs you. We need you to come, and we need you to come with the right heart, with the right attitude. We need you to come full of the Holy Spirit because I'm believing that God's going to increase the fruits of our righteousness. And, and, I, and, and I know, well, Pastor, we did this and that before. You know what? But every day is a new day. Every day is a new opportunity. His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness today. Today. I can't worry about what happened yesterday. I can't worry about what didn't happen. All I know is I got today, and I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe that this will be the best Mayfest ever. Because people will be exposed to the beauty of Christ. Because people will be exposed to you. Let's start that by loving one another first. And then, let's watch and see what God do next week. Amen. Amen. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Father of Jesus.